0: Hey friends, thanks for joining us again. This is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith. Or, you know, it's, it's 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 one of my favorite things to say. It's the show that helps you grow. My name is Jason Whelan. I'm one of the pastors here on their spiritual growth team at Saddleback Church. And um, we are right now in a, a rewind time period. We are we are rewinding a couple of older episodes of Doable Discipleship while we are busy prepping for some new content coming your way. So these um, episodes for this week and next week are episodes that we did uh, a couple years ago now called a Digitally Distracted Disciples. And these episodes really kind of dive into a look at the role of like technology and our phones and just kind of how we can easily be distracted and take our focus away from things that truly matter, how our time can be spent on things that are temporary. And instead, we sh- it's, it's an encouragement to just be aware of, of what is going on in so many people's lives right now, in my life, maybe in your life. Um, so I, I really hope that you enjoy these two, Rewind episodes that we recorded a, a couple of years ago. And I wanted to take a moment to let you know that we actually have a YouTube live event coming up the first week of July. I'll tell you more about it in next week's episode. Um, but uh, I, I just want you to be aware on the lookout for that on the Saddleback Church YouTube channel, Uh, we will actually be having a live event that first week of June. I think it's going to be on, I'm sorry, first week of July. I think it's going to be on on July 6th. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Um, And right now, I hope that you enjoy this Rewind episode, Digitally Distracted Disciples.
1: All right, and after that uh, fine tune, we are back with our guest today, uh, Rob Jacobs. You know him. You love him. And uh, Doug, do you want to tell us what we're doing here?
2: <laughs> yes. Way to set Doug up.
1: <laughs> I'm not allowed to say the slogan anymore. So. Say
2: it with me, folks. You might already know it by now, but this is a Settleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, but we like to call it the show, that, show that, helps that helps
1: you grow, you grow and put down your phone. Rob, you usurper! I jumped in. That was rude. Rob, we're glad to have you up, ready to go. Yeah,
2: I'm glad you stayed in your lane. Um, Mm. We're excited to talk to you, Rob. It's been uh, it's been a few weeks since you were on the show. You were here with us for the uh, Bill and Ken episodes. Which Everything I I think of Bill and Ken, and my mind goes to Bill and Ted, and I just think of their excellent adventure. Whenever (laughs) I think of those two episodes, and you
1: know what, those were an excellent adventure. Those and
2: a bogus journey. We will not be talking about <laughs> Socrates today. No, we won't. Uh, we are, in fact, though, talking about a topic that I think is going to be really interesting and a lot of fun to discuss. Um, it's going to be a two-parter. We're talking about Digitally Distracted Disciples, which was, if you like that title, it's Rob's idea, so give him all the credit, and also all the scorn if you don't like it for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk. Rob, you've been doing a lot of thinking on this, and um, you've read some books on this, and you're going to talk to us a little bit about technology and the impact it has on our on our discipleship journey. Yeah,
3: one of the one of the books that I've read recently um is a book by Tony Ranke, um called 12 ways your phone is changing you. And he does a pretty good job of talking about um just how um the iPhone or phones in general and the, and the digital distractedness that comes from those um impacts just our walk um as believers and um and so, I thought it'd be interesting for us to kind of dive into that the that It's a great book. We recommend it. it'll be in the show notes but um we're just going to kind of look at one chapter today, the first one, and he does a great job of kind of walking through the first part of being the theology of technology, but I think it's the the at the outset it's important to say that we're not talking about technology being a bad thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, the show is based on that. You know, you're listening to the show on your
1: phone. Or, Stop what you're doing yeah. right now.
3: <laughs> so, but we are talking about um, what happens through the distraction that technology enables. It's hmm. recognizing
1: it, yeah. yeah. It's calling
3: it out. Uh, a Christian ethicist, Oliver O'Donovan, O'Donovan, said this. I thought it was interesting. He said, the danger they face, of course, is that tools set the agenda. A tool of communication is a tool for communicating something. Media doesn't just lie around passively waiting for us to come along, find them useful for some project we have in mind. They tell us what to do, and more significantly, what to want to do. I thought that was powerful. Hmm. What to want to do. There is a current in the stream, and if we don't know how to swim, we'll, we shall be carried by it. In other words, you know, we, we, can, we can be passive about these things. Hmm. I see someone doing something, and I want to do it. Then I forget whatever it is I thought I wanted to do um so this distractedness that can take away from the intentionality of of our of our lives, but certainly the intentionality of trying to become um more um connected to God growing in christ um and just living that life in christ and it's it's easy for
1: distraction uh to bring that about and technology mm-hmm. enables that certainly yeah. It's what I, it, I, you were saying with that quote. That idea of it tells you what you want to do. It's it's so interesting when you think about that and you can see it playing out. It creates all, almost like a herd type mentality of 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 everything uh, or or everyone is engaged with this thing. So you should be, and not only just should be, you should want to be. Right. It's yeah. Well,
3: I mean, I think if, like people have parents, and like how many. Kids are already saying, "Well, I, I want a phone. Why? Because they have a phone." Yeah. Um. So there's the peer, there's a peer pressure part to it, but there's also the algorithms are being designed to such a point that they start to feel like they know us better than we know ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea of we're we're consuming what's being recommended for us, we're not consuming what we choose yeah uh, per se we think we're choosing it but it's really being driven amazon says oh you want this you like that do this netflix
2: all these things are driving things at us and so uh there's that element as well anybody watching this on youtube is seeing on the on the right hand side of their screen a bunch of videos that youtube thinks they'll want to see next right you know this is just built into our technological experience and i like what the quote said about um this creates a current, and we can either unconsciously be carried along by this current, uh, where we we no longer apply our will to the direction of our life and our technological interactions, but we just sort of, um, uh, well, like I said, becoming unconscious, we end up being taken somewhere that we may not want to go.
3: Right. And it's just, we just become passive, and in right. passive, we're just carried along. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, in his book uh, Tony Renke, he talks a little bit about the theology of technology I thought it was interesting so I thought we should we should kind of go through this uh, the, the first point he makes is that technology mo- modifies creation that technology mm. is a reordering of the raw materials uh, for our purposes right so you think about the garden um, you know uh, that God's like you're going you're going to have to get your food from the earth you're going to have to raise animals and so you know that's predicated on this idea that we will have tools. We'll start with stone tools. We'll move to copper tools, iron tools, and all the way on now to digital tools. Yeah, uh, that help us uh, in creation. And it also technology pushes back the results of the fall. Another, it doesn't. You know, we're not talking about salvation and and dealing with the effects of sin. But, but we are curses. talking right. The curses. We're talking yeah. about dealing with sickness and weeds and pests and nakedness and physical pain and the need for shelter and illness and, death, and, yeah. and all those sorts of things that technology helps us to, to do. Right. And it also establishes our human power. Um, so this now is where you can see sin becoming an issue, because now you have a technology uh, that takes our, our sinful brokenness and begins to uh, turned it into things like weapons and, you know, I don't think anyone can <laughs> argue with, like, you know, the ability to do, have machine guns and atomic bombs and all these sorts of things that are predicated on technology that establishes this human power, but it's a human power to do what? To destroy. Mm-hmm. And also
2: power over things like uh, the earth and the landscape. I mean, the the earth-moving tools that we have that can literally reshape at least a portion of the face of the earth. Like, humans have created technology that allow them to manipulate nature sure, in significant sure. ways not you, like for atomic
3: good. bombs yeah well even well, even yeah, that's the, a quick way you, to well, even <laughs> flatten the ground you
2: start to think now about the genetic editing
3: we were able to do yeah. through technology yeah. so you know again technology is neither good nor bad it, it it's, it's 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 a useful thing uh but it is up to us to be the stewards of it mm-hmm. yeah um t- technology can help change lives for jesus Right. So we think, you know, the printing press to podcasts. I mean, thank mm-hmm. goodness for the printing press. You know, it brought the Bible to the world. Yeah. Um and it it, you know, gives us the ability to have worship instruments, guitars and, you know, lighting and video screens and heat yeah. and cool and air conditioning. And the internet and right. uh cell phones and smartphones
1: and podcasts and all these things that can help us. To,
3: to bring uh, Jesus
1: to the world. I mean, even just think of, of tools for translation. Like, yeah. you know, just the way that you can now bring the gospel to unreached places just by having, you know, uh, a phone or an app that ha- has a translation on it. Kind I mean, of
3: that That's is cool. amazing. I was sitting next to someone in the worship service the other weekend, and this person had Google Translate. And so they would take a picture of the verse Rick was talking about on the screen, and it translated it for them into, so chi- cool. into Chinese. Hmm. Whoa. Um, that's neat, and that's they would crazy. do it the same with the bulletin. They could take a picture of what was on the bulletin and it would translate. I mean, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, the, the example we talked about yesterday actually, when I was looking at the analytics for Doable Discipleship, and we realized that a that a large chunk of the downloads that we get on Doable Discipleship on the podcast are routed through VPN services in France, and it caused us to realize like there that probably means. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about like over hundred thousand downloads coming through VPNs, and it caused me to recognize like a lot of those you know people using a vpn service are people who want who are trying to shield themselves in some way and it made me think about people who are in oppressed parts of the world who are able to access biblical content because of the use of these technologies it's interesting that there is really there really is a a duality to technology and like you're saying it can be used for good and for the kingdom um in powerful ways yes Another thing technology does is it upholds and
3: empowers our bodies. So you think about something as simple as eyeglasses or a hearing aid, all the way to prosthetic limbs, to mm-hmm. organ transplants, and technology has made all that. Doug, yeah. you're talking about, you know, earth movers and, you know, those kinds of, to build the shape, um, to shape things for ourselves, and clothing, all the way to a spacesuit, you know, to be protected while walking on the moon. <laughs> I mean, so technology yeah. is, upholds and empowers the body in pretty amazing ways. Yeah. Technology also gives voice to the human autonomy. So if you think back to Genesis um, and the Tower of Babel, you know, here's this, you know, we can build this, we can do this so high that, you know, um, it's this idea that we as humans, we have this, we've got this, uh, that we can do this without God. Um, So again, two sides to the coin. There are some things that that technology enables our autonomy in great ways, but also in very negative ways. Right, um, but we also need to remember that God governs every human technology. Um, think of something like you may not think of technology as it today, but back then the cross was a piece of technology. It was an t- instrument of torture that was created by the Romans, mm. and here's God using that same technology to set all mankind free. So God basically hacks the cross at Calvary, mm. uh, um, mm, using u- using technology in a way. Uh, to bring you know, salvation to the world. Um, another point Tony makes is that technology shapes every relationship. That technology shapes the dynamics of our interaction. And you think about the technology of communication going from stone carvings to paintings, to ink, to parchment, to the printing press, to the radio, TVs, movie, internet, cell phones, Skype, all of this, the, te- the technology of transportation from walking, the shoes, then to wheels and carts and horse-drawn wagons and coaches and boats and steam-powered trains and automobiles and planes and space shuttles. Vespas, and, and
1: scooters, <laughs> Uber. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, it's a, scoot, a scooter might be a step back in technology. Oh. But, you know, it's a GPS that can guide all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty amazing how all of that impacts our relationships. You can go see people anywhere around the world because we have the technological
1: means to travel there. Yep. Um, and it's just crazy to think about the exponential rate of acceleration or the rate of progress. When you think about, even just in the last hundred years, how much of uh, on this list of what you were just talking about was invented in that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And another
3: thing that um, Tony Reiki brings up, too, is that technology shapes our theology. Yeah. Um, and, and we talk sometimes of even the analogies we use about God being a carpenter, who's a creator, that God is a boat carrying us, that God is the watchmaker, he's the timekeeper. Uh, so we even start to think about God in technological ways. Um, and that, that thinking about God in a technological way is shaping and, and forming our theology in certain ways. But it, in the end, this is a spiritual formation and an identity issue. That I think there's a tension um, that if we don't adapt to the latest technological innovation or progression, that we will be pushed aside as obsolete, that we will feel disconnected, that we will feel left out. Um, And that weighs on who we believe that we are, uh, that we start to lose the reality that we are believers, that Christ is in us, um, and that is the truest and most important reality to us. And we start to think about, well— uh, in my in my current culture, because i can't do because c- i don't understand technology or i don't know how to use that technology um or I'm not going to embrace that technology that it's easy to be pushed off it's easy to feel left
1: out um, mm. and those and those sorts of things start to impact our identity i think it's it's interesting when you think about the time element and how how rapidly these things come. if you think about like you know many 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 years ago. Any sort of advances were happening slowly. And so it gave people time to think about what that means. I I think about all of of the ramifications, just, you know, just process and then adapt accordingly. Whereas now things just change so much and it changes and then it's promoted to you in a way to tell you, like, you know, you need this you should you, you can't do life without it that mm-hmm. you just adopt things without even thinking about them it's it, the rate of 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 adoption of or, or what we were talking about is just so quick that you no longer even have the time to think about what does this mean how is this impacting my life my daily life my choices all that stuff it's just it's just a part of yeah living now yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: well and it, and it goes back to that point that Doug was making earlier about that quote from the Christian ethicist about yeah, there's yeah. a stream, there's a flow in this that I think, like all of us have our phones sitting out on the table right now. I I suspect that when we first got phones, we never imagined we would check them as frequently as we do, to the point where we're probably checking them unconsciously through all throughout the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I don't think any one of us intentionally said, you know what? I'm going to make it my goal with this phone to look at it 30 times, 40 times, 50 times a day for no other reason, just to see did something pop up? that is there you know like, but it happened. Yeah, it happened. Um, I mean,
2: they even became our timepieces now. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of people, like for me, a lot of times when I'm checking my phone, it's because I'm checking the time. So because it's become like an all-encompassing multi-service tool, it makes it just drives up the number of times that I'm interacting with it because I use it for so. For such a wide variety of things. Right,
3: right. We've consolidated so many functions onto these phones that Mm -hmm. alarm clock, you know, for many people, it is absolutely the first object they touch in the morning. Yeah. Um, So, and I think,
2: yeah, it leads us into the, yeah, the, the you know, kind of
3: the, there's a god likeness that I think, uh, a temptation that comes out of our phones. Um, And I think this, this is kind of why phones um, create such a, Powerful draw to distract us because yeah. because of this there there is a temptation that our phones can make us feel so omnipotent um, that the amount of power we have in our phones to command the world is pretty astounding. Yeah. Um, from your phone, think of all the things you can do. You can order food. You can order a car, entertainment. You can buy anything. You can make travel arrangements. You can, you can turn mean,
1: the lights on or off
2: in your house. Yes. I, I can th- check traffic conditions in Tokyo. Yeah. From weather here right now. Um, you know, like yeah. there's
3: just so much power. Uh, yeah. and things that you're able to do through apps in your phone, right? Um, so why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to be distracted by it? It yeah. makes you feel pretty powerful, right. you know. Which it goes back to the t- earliest temptation of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes you feel omniscient. There's almost nothing you can't know through your phone. You can yeah. find out what's happening. You want to jump into what's currently going on. Jump on the Twitter, yeah. Google, you know, all of this stuff is right there on your phone. Um, so there's, you can find out any fact you want. Like this morning, I asked my son, Google, do spiders have ears? Because I don't know if they do. Somehow that, <laughs> but because of Bam, his, because out. of his iPad, the that nine year old kid has access to well, well, <laughs> the well, well, entire knowledge of the world. Nearly is like just okay. Wait, don't yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Don't, What's the know, answer? That's, 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 oh, I don't know. We didn't find out.
2: Oh, okay. Well. Well, last night I had the same thing. We were, we were having dinner with some friends and and there was one, of the, I can't remember what the thing was, but it was like, a, oh, what was that thing? What was that thing? What was that thing? Bam. Just like, oh, look it up. Look it up. Grab your phone. Look it up. And bam, you find out what you need to know. Well,
3: what's also interesting too is how many things now with like with uh, Alexa and Siri and these, and these other things, now we're not even going to the phone. We're just speaking it to devices that are sitting on tables and counters mm-hmm. and like, that thing will tell me anything. You know? Yeah. I, it's it's just uh, it's so interesting. It's unreal. Yeah, it spiders really?
1: don't have ears. Oh, good,
3: Jason. Why do you? But your... they do detect vibrations in their through webs. the, hairs. Through, it, the well, hairs. through the hairs yep. on their legs. Way mm-hmm. to prove a great example of being distracted, literally in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> I wanted on to know. You uh, did raise a compelling question. So the <laughs> temptation of omnipresence that the phone makes you able to be anywhere. You can yeah. call or text anyone in the world. You can scape, Skype and FaceTime. You can inject yourself into any story through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, you can put yourself there.
2: You can street view yeah. just about yeah. any major yeah. city. Like, you could go stand in, you know, in front of the Louvre right now if you wanted to. Right.
3: And, so and, to and And the VR capabilities that are coming even through the phones... It's just going to make that more possible. Mm -hmm. And there's the other term I like to use, omnicompetent. You're not going to find it in any uh, systematic theology. But it is interesting that uh, that literally you could begin to get to that place with your phone that anything I want to be able to do, there's probably an app for that. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to organize your life? There's an app for that. You want to track your diet? There's an app for that. Like anything you want to be good at, learn a language, there's an app for that. Um, So of course, the temptation kind of be godlike is present on the phone. So of course you're gonna be attracted to your phone and be distracted by your phone because mm-hmm. it's so powerful and yeah. there's so much there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that it, it creates this this idea of just of how addicted we can be to distraction. And I think without us really even knowing. Um yeah. that some of the research says that we check our sm- smartphones up to uh, 81,500 times a year. That's pretty unbelievable. Uh, once every 4.3 minutes, some
2: research says. It's amazing that the devices stand up to that much wear and tear when you think about it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How dirty is your screen if you touch it 81,000 uh, times in a year? Geez. There's other research that says the average person touches their phone about 2,670 times a day. And that's the average. So oh. some people are above average approaching 5,000 touches a day. That's unreal. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Apple says that its users unlock their phones seven or eight times an hour. Man. And you think about like Facebook, Instagram, these things that are on your phones, the average 50 50 minutes a day people are on it. Hmm. Uh, So what does that result in? Well, the more addicted you become to the phone, the more prone you are to depression, anxiety, the less able you are to focus and concentrate, the less able you are to sleep. And all that's been proven in the research. Hmm. Um, so, there are consequences to these distractions, and not, and not just, well, I'm not paying attention to things. thing, there are physical and psychological consequences to these distractions.
2: You've been, you've been living in a, in a world of unreality, you know, you, you live in a world that doesn't really necessarily reflect the real world that we live in, but it's a curated world. It's a world that's being served up to you intelligently in order to gain more of your attention. So you literally step out of reality and into an imaginary world where people only show their best parts, people only, you know, you only see what, um, you know, whatever the app is telling you to see or is laying in front of you. You kind of don't, you kind of lose your grasp on what's real.
1: And it's not even... That from a passive perspective, it's also changes the way you think about things and want to uh, put yourself out there or show. You know, like it changes. It literally changes the way you think about how you engage with other people, right?
3: And and again, as we made the point earlier, technology is not a bad thing. It's a neutral thing. Yeah, but it's, it's just a tool. It's a tool, but these. These phone designers, these app designers, they are using brain science to figure out a way to keep you on these things. Mm-hmm. They yeah. want you there.
2: They have a vested so, interest,
3: right? So you think about your Bible versus all the possibility of being omniscient, omnicompetent, omnipresent. You know, on your phone, it's some <laughs> you can see why now the Bible's losing out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and Tony Ranky in his book again, um, he he. He makes some points about why distractions lure us. Why is it so easy to be distracted? What's the allure in it? Hmm. And one of the points he makes is that we use digital distractions to keep work away. (laughs) We like to procrastinate. You know what's great at helping us doing that? Our phones. Phones are awesome at that. I can do
1: anything else. Literally (laughs) anything else. (laughs) I can
2: binge watch an entire series of anything I want and just avoid my responsibilities. (laughs) Yes.
3: I mean, I can Twitter life away just by... Yeah. Looking at Twitter. Um another point he makes is that we use digital distractions to keep people away. Mm. So here we are, we're called to love our neighbors and yet we turn to our phones. And you can see this, it's so interesting. Go and look at families eating out together. Look at friends eating out together. They're on their phones and they're literally at a yeah. family dinner. Yeah. Um, like I was making the point earlier, like here we are, and our phones are on the table. Um so it's that at any moment someone not you or me, may require my attention, and they're probably more important than you. Then, So I need to have that phone open so I can be ready just to... Honest minute, truth. <laughs> ...in a moment's yeah. notice. <laughs> we know where we fall.
1: Uh, Yeah, for those of you listening, he pointed at me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, another thing we do is we use digital distractions to keep thoughts of eternity away. Mm-hmm. So now we're... Now, again, Let's. this is even getting closer to our spiritual discipleship. Bla, Blaise Pascal, uh, a famous Christian thinker, said that uh, and this is, you know, written hundreds of years ago, and he's still talking about distraction. He says, "Take away their diversion, and you will see them dried up with weariness." As soon as we are reduced to thinking of self, we have no diversion. Mm-hmm. So this isn't inherent in just the modern day problem of the phone. It's always been an issue. The phone's just exacerbating it. Mm-hmm. So the phone allows us to escape the silence and solitude that we need. Yeah. Again, Pascal says. I have discovered that all of happiness of men arises from one single fact. They cannot stay quietly in their own chamber. basically mm-hmm. you can't be in a room and just relax. You gotta have your phone. Yeah. You gotta be doing something. That thumb's gotta be working.
1: Right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Don't leave me you know. alone with myself. Yeah. Do you notice that something's off when you are sitting by yourself, but your phone is just scrolling the air? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you see you know, like little... those
2: videos of kids who like, you know, pick up a object like a, a book or a magazine and try to swipe it like you know <laughs> these little little like you know 18 yeah. months old who yeah. have already been conditioned to swipe okay i can i confess
3: that <laughs> i have i have an ipad and i was on my i on my iMac and i started touching the screen <laughs> no <laughs> like, i was like oh embarrassing oh, wait.
2: <laughs> well before we move on from the silence and solitude uh, moment here we should probably point out we've got a couple of good episodes that would be helpful for anybody who wants to you know who recognizes that, yeah, for, for them, silence is deafening and they need to reintroduce themselves to these practices. We have an episode on silence and solitude. And we also have an episode on uh, the, simple the simple life, life that I think yeah. would be helpful as well. We'll link those in the show notes so you can check those out for follow-up after these episodes.
0: Yeah, and two, uh,
1: we actually have a personal retreat guide that you can mm. actually just download and do on your own called a Silence and Solitude. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we should link that too.
3: Yeah, I, l- I love this quote from a Christian philosopher, Peter Kreft. He said, We think we want peace and silence and freedom and leisure, but deep down we know that this would be unendurable. To us, we want to complexify our lives. Yeah, I like that word. We want to complexify. We don't have to, we want to. We want to be harried and hassled and busy. Unconsciously, we want the very thing we complain about. For if we had leisure, we would look at ourselves and listen to our hearts and see the great gaping hole in our hearts and be terrified, because that hole is so big that nothing but God can fill it. Mm. But you see all the time people trying to fill that with just tooling around on their phones, Mm. you know? Yeah. Unlocking seven to eight times an hour. Social media researcher uh, Donna Frida said that, you Remember the old saying, I think, therefore I am? She says, this needs to be replaced with, I connect, therefore I am, which leads to, I'm liked, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. And you see this, this comes out in the, the, all the research now coming out about the um, social media and some of the damaging effects of social media, uh, especially in teens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Barner Research says that 65% of parents think the number one thing that makes parenting more difficult today it's technology and social media.
0: Hmm.
3: More than the world is dangerous, more than lack of common morality, they say it's technology and social media. Hmm. That's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. So let's, let's keep going and think about um, how we define distractions. Um, again, um, this is ideas from um, Tony Renke's book. Um, he just says, uh, Distraction can come in many forms a new amusement, a persistent worry, or a vain aspiration. It is something that diverts our minds and hearts from what is most significant, anything which monopolizes the heart's concerns. The heart works best when it is not dominated by cares
1: and demands. It's kind of nice to think about what we've been talking about um, in this conversation and kind of pair it with the heart conversation we just had, uh, the, the yeah. past few episodes before this, um, because it really then puts this kind of focus on what you are giving your time and attention to, what you're giving your thought life to, like that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, what are the treasures that you're using ta- technology to gain hold of? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So there's uh things like unchecked distractions that blind the soul from God. So the worldly anxieties that we all have, the pursuit of wealth, our self-centered concerns, mm. these are are choking off the fruit of the gospel because they cut ourselves off from the hope that we find um, in the infinite and in the internal of who God is, simply because we're just distracted. We're not spending the time we need to think about these things, and we spend all our time thinking about all these otherworldly things, and the phone makes that incredibly possible. It's mm-hmm. filled with that stuff.
2: Yeah. It taps into multiple senses, too. You know, it's not just, a, it's not a strictly visual experience. It's an auditory experience. There's a, there's a lot, it's easy to be immersed. You know, it's not just like, you know, it's not like reading the paper or something like that, where it's just a single modality and you kind of get bored with that and move on. It's like, as soon as you get bored with one thing on the phone, you can move on to something else on the phone that will stimulate you in a completely different way. And yet you've never left the phone. So it really, like you said earlier, it consolidates so many of your experiences around one single one single nexus.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. So another type of distraction is un- unchecked distractions that close off communion with God. This is like think of like Martha's issue. Mm. Um, she's distracted so much to the service to others that she missed the importance of Jesus in her own life mm. um, So God starts to become um, seemingly distant. And it's really because we're so distracted. God did not move from us. He lives in us. So if we feel like we're distracted, it is be, or we're not feeling connected to God, it is simply because we are distracting ourselves so much that we're not spending the time
1: uh, to be close and commune with God. Mm. I, I can totally imagine a conversation where you're talking with God and say, God, like, why have you been so silent? Why haven't you know, I haven't gotten direct, or I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard from you. And God's like, uh, I've been talking, uh, you just haven't, <laughs> I've taken the earbuds out of your ear to hear me, you know, like, mm. it's just... Yeah, there's... you haven't put
3: down your phone long enough to pick up the Bible and, yeah. like, see, read my word. Um, and the, another unchecked distraction is that these uh, will, will mute the kind of the urgency of God in our lives, that, The reality is that we do not have forever on this earth, that our time is actually very short in comparison to eternity. Hmm. Um, And 1 Corinthians 7 actually kind of makes this point in a sense. It says, but let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those wives who should focus not only on their marriage, those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or by their joy of their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it just, you know, and then later it says, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Mm. So the question really becomes is, are our phones helping us do this?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, um, it makes me think of, You know, Proverbs teaches us not to lean on our own understanding, you know, that we should, that we should, we have to come to depend on God. And this, this second unchecked distraction that, that mutes the urgency of God, I think is a, is a prime way that technology gets in the way, especially with, with regard to that omniscience point you were making earlier about, you know, all knowing, that, you know, technology gives us a way to access essentially all the knowledge of mankind, you know, and yet, even with all the, Collected wisdom of man, we still don't come close to to accessing the wisdom that God can give and the direction that He can give in our lives, and how mm. you know sometimes we we're not we're not just leaning on our own understanding. I'm leaning on yours, and I'm leaning on this blogger's understanding and this YouTuber's understanding, and so I'm 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 sort of pushing God away because I can go and in a in a fleshly way. I can go and seek out the information that I need. I can get the answers that I need. And I think people falsely think that they can get even the transcendent answers that they need, when in reality, um, what they actually need is communion with God. They need to get in touch with their Creator. And the phone, or whatever the technology may be, can be a very, very powerful blockage you know, right. it's like, I don't have to, I don't have to do this thing where I'm depending on God because I can keep it on my own plate. I can keep it in, within my own control. I can control my own destiny and who I become and what I'll believe and what I'll choose. Never having to actually submit to God that he has a will that's apart from my own. And I have to place myself under that authority if I want to live the good life. Right. Um, and
3: usually what we're finding on the phone are not things that are saying, this is how you live the good life. In, in, a, in a way that right. Jesus would say is the good life right. the, the life abundant mm-hmm. um, the John 1010 10 life yeah. it, but it, and, it's, and it's interesting too that like we say, or like we've been saying is that the technology is neutral, and like for six, six, take for example like the Bible and the, the great Bible apps mm-hmm. um, and you and they provide you access instant access to you know fifty translations of the Bible. That's yeah. awesome, yeah. but then they also give you all these features of like, do you want to share this? Do you want to add it to a picture? Do you want to tweet it? Do you want to Facebook? And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm in the middle of a quiet time, and next thing I'm like, should I share this? now? generator? Should I let everyone? <laughs> should I let yeah. everyone in the world know that this verse was meaningful to me in my quiet time? am like, well, that, is, that I
2: had a quiet time, yeah, and look at me. Yeah. yeah, and
3: that's nothing but distraction, right? Um, or or Bible websites. That's like, I love them, but like, if you notice, they're surrounded with ads. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And yeah. those ads are not there for you to ignore. Yeah. So, yeah. It's again, literally it's literally trying to get you to click yeah. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the battle. This is yeah. the battle.
2: I hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. We've had a lot of fun uh, talking with Rob, getting a little bit of a picture of the theology of technology and how distractions seep into our lives and the way that we interact with, with uh, our, our devices. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation. You notice we didn't cover doables because we got a whole second half of the conversation coming next week. We're going to spend almost that entire time talking about doables you can do. Specifically, we got a list of diagnostic questions that are going to help you reflect on your own use of technology and what needs to change uh, personally for you. And then we're going to give you some detox steps to help you put technology back in its rightful place in your life. So please come back next week for episode 116 of Doable Discipleship We'll give you some great digital distraction doables. We'll see you then.
4: If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, You can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts. Send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.